You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Hey, this is Ryan Denmark, the director of Hell's Heart, and you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show. I'm your host, Aaron Frail. On Aaron's Horror Show, we're going to go ahead and read some horror fiction and talk about horror in all its forms, books, movies, you name it. If you want to go ahead and get a hold of the show, you can go ahead and contact Aaron's Horror Show at Gmail or Aaron Horror Show on Twitter or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. As you can see, my voice is better. I am no longer sick. Actually, that's not true. Still have a little bit of cough, some congestion. It's the cold that doesn't go away, and it's still a little bit cold here in Minnesota. In fact, there's still snow on the ground. Can you believe that? We had so much snow that these giant piles just aren't going away. They refreeze in the night. And then I think that makes make me sick. But luckily enough, I got my voice back. So, time to record some podcasts. Alright, so today's episode, I want to go ahead and talk about a listener suggestion. Veronica. So I was told to watch Veronica because people were so scared that they had been shutting this movie off. So people cannot finish it. It's that scary. Uh, I went ahead and verified that. The internet is completely abuzz with Veronica. And, uh, spoiler alert, if you want to see Veronica and get scared by it, before you hear my take on it, I would go ahead and actually watch this movie. It's on Netflix, and then come back and finish up this podcast. So I would, I, you know, if you don't want to be spoiled, there's your warning. Alright, so my take on Veronica didn't actually scare me. I mean, it was very good. Keep in mind, I loved it. It was a great movie, but I didn't get scared by it. In fact, to kind of give you a little bit of how I watch movies, my wife is not really that into horror movies. Uh, So, you know, it has to be a really, really, really good movie by itself in order for her to watch it as like, you know, uh, a horror movie. And so, uh, Veronica, I didn't really watch that with her, because that's kind of a straight-up horror movie, uh, a very, very good horror movie, but not necessarily like like a, like a great Academy Award-winning movie that also happens to be a horror movie, you know what I mean? So that's the kind of movies that my wife would watch. I think I might convince her to get Stephen King's It a try, uh, you know, because it's Stephen King. So I, I'm definitely gunning to watch that movie at some point. Uh, the new one, of course, I, I, I've seen the old one, but I could talk about that one, but I want to see the new one, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get her to watch that with me, uh, 
but I am going to go ahead and, and, and tell you about Veronica, and uh, the reason I want to tell you why, uh, you know, she doesn't watch movies with me is because when I'm watching them, it's really, really late at night after my wife and my son have gone to bed, and I'm watching these by myself. And so whenever I watch a horror movie, I'm literally in a dark room by myself, listening with headphones, so that's kind of a little scary in itself if you ever watch a movie with headphones on. And, uh, you know, basically, you know, <laughs> with with no lights, and, and I should be scared. And Veronica, I was like, oh my god, am I really going to watch a movie that's so scary? People have been shutting off in a dark room by myself with headphones? Is that really a good idea, Aaron? And, you know, I watched it, and I don't know, I never had to shut it off, never got too scared to stop watching, and I really think it's not necessarily that it wasn't scary, it's the fact that everyone has their own individual tastes. I think every person on the world is probably going to rate a movie just a little differently. Like, I, I bet you can get 20 people in the room that are good friends and have them pick their top five favorite movies at all time and and you probably wouldn't have anyone overlap you know what i mean like like probably no one has the same top five movies you know uh or even then like i bet you know if you get 20 people in a room and you tell them hey watch this movie who thought it was scary some people might think it's terrifying and other people might not and and you know i think it just goes down to kind of like personal beliefs and personal values like like a, a good example of of that is uh the exorcist so back the original exorcist movie when it came out in the 70s i believe it was the 70s i would have to look that up to to be sure but when it originally came out it was so terrifying that there were like priests like hanging out after the movie to console people that were terrified by it and i myself am not very terrified by the exorcist but i'm also not that really like religious of a person you know what i mean so so I, I think in order to be really afraid of the exorcist you also have to be kind of religious as well because it, it really pulls on religion as as a sort of scary thing and I think the same thing goes for uh, Veronica. Uh, one of the, the, the main sort of vehicle for the ghost is a Ouija board. And you know what? We, we, I'll be honest here. Ouija boards don't really frighten me. I knew It's like, you know, it's a thing made by Parker Brothers, right? You know, and I, I know people have some terrifying Ouija boards out there that are completely, ter you know, or terrifying Ouija board stories, I mean. And I know there there are some people with like, hey, Ouija boards are scary, man. You don't know what you're talking to. And, you know, I'll be honest, I, I have done a Ouija board before. But, you know, I don't know if it was just my friend screwing with me. Because, like, whoever, whatever we were talking to was really articulate. Like, like I remember asking what I was going to be when I grew up. You know, we were young when I, I was doing it. And it literally, like, spelled out you know, the President of the United States of America. Like, literally, like, that's a long thing for a Ouija board to spell out. And we were just, like, giggling, going, like, it keeps going. And then, you know, uh, yeah. And, and oh, by the way, am I going to be President one day? Probably not. I mean, the only time I'd ever be elected as President is if I tweeted it as a joke. You know, like, like I'm really never going to be President. Like, like, if I tweet it as a joke, and then somehow, like, all the candidates that year are just so bad that they're like, hey, let's elect this guy as president, that's the only way that I'll ever do it. 
is if I get in as a joke, because if I get in as a joke, oh my god, you gotta do it, right? Which also goes back to, like, when I did the Ouija board originally with my friends, we asked, you know, you know all of us asked how we're gonna die, and and my uh, <laughs> death was apparently age 65 in a plane crash in Air Force One, you know, to go with the presidency thing, so, you know what I mean, like, like, Air Force One, age 65, so, guess what, if I'm 65 years old, not going on Air Force One, especially if I get elected president, you know, I'll drive golf cart one, or whatever the heck presidents drive when they don't, you know, train one, I, I don't know, whatever they do when they don't fly, so, you know, just so you know, that's what the Ouija board told me. So, you know, is that terrifying? Not really. <laughs> and was that my friends just screwing with me? Most likely. Uh, but, you know, all everyone there that night got kind of weird, silly answers. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. Uh, so that's my Ouija board experience. So, you know, <laughs> watching a movie like Veronica, I don't know if I could really equate that experience to terrifying. But there were some really good moments in there, like good, scary, spooky moments. So, uh, once again, spoiler alert, there's this demon that she summons through the Ouija board. And it just kind of, there's all these moments where she's walking through her apartment and it's following her down the hallway or she sees it in the window or where it's literally always just out of reach, and it's a really creepy-looking demon, and I could see how that's kind of terrifying. Uh, and, you know, it's doing terrible things to her younger brothers and sisters, so, you know, as a parent, that kind of frightens me when kids are in danger and stuff like that. And then, you know, in the end, it kind of... She kind of finds out that it's a possession thing, and she was the demon all this time. And, and, you know, uh, the other thing is, you know, it says it's based on true events, that there's a, a, a police report and all this stuff. But, you know, when you, when you hear movies based on true events, you always got to take that with a grain of salt. You know, like, like I would like to go and read the actual police report it's based off of to see how, you know, <laughs> true events it was based. You know what I mean? Like, because you watch the movie and, of course, they're going to embellish a lot of stuff. So, uh you know, maybe the police report had some weird things or, or, or something, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I literally don't know that police report part of it, you know? Uh, but overall, I would say it's definitely worth watching it. It's a really, okay, so it's set in the 90s, but it really, for me, feels like a very 80s, uh, 80s horror movie where there's like, you know, kind of spooky stuff going on. There's creepy nuns. There's a, you know, just, just generally speaking, it, it doesn't move too quickly, which I kind of like it, 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 it builds everything very slowly. It doesn't really get, you know, too many scares that like, kind of jump out at you. Like, I, like, I, like, I, I like it. It's a very slow build. Oh, it, it, by the way, it's also in Spanish. So, you know, uh, Spain, Spanish, uh, I know I, you know, Spain, Spanish, that's kind of, I'm from New Mexico originally. And so you know, uh, a New Mexican Spanish is very different than Spain Spanish, surprisingly. A lot of my, I don't really speak Spanish myself, but a lot of my friends from New Mexico went to Spain and they said that, you know, uh, some words that were, were fine in New Mexico to say out loud were like swear words in Spain. So, you know, uh, 
everyone has a little bit different twist there so uh they they thought that was that was kind of funny but yeah it's subtitled so you know if you don't speak spanish you're gonna have to view the subtitles but that wasn't really distracting like like you know with a horror movie i think they translate like horror movies i think are the easiest to translate from language to language because you know more often than not you don't really need to know what they're saying because you can tell by what they're acting and what they're seeing and and all that kind of stuff you know like like the <laughs> in horror movies the dialogue's kind of inconsequential uh you know and and so i thought that was a really you know like like you know if if subtitles are something that you're like oh man i don't want to watch subtitles watch this movie like like they they really don't you know get in the way at all so uh but yeah overall i would i would recommend it i would say that uh if you are interested in something that uh is sort of a good late night, put on some popcorn, get ready to get your spook on, I would go ahead and check out Veronica. Uh, you know, if you're afraid of Ouija boards and, and that demon is particularly creepy to you, you might, you might actually want to shut it off. Like, I don't know. Like, I think, once again, to each their own, everyone has something that uh, they're afraid of. Uh, in fact, I myself was afraid of The Ring. I know you're going to laugh, but yeah, The Ring with, like, Naomi Watts, when that movie came out that terrified me and it's funny because it didn't really terrify me at the beginning like like we watched it in the theater it's like oh my god that was a cool movie when she came out oh spoiler alert by the way yeah when the when the when when the uh girl came out of the tv that was terrifying and uh you know in the ring like there's this moment where the main ghost oh by the way the ring you know it's 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 an old enough movie that the whole ideas that it's a killer videotape yes killer vhs tape that's really old right and so there's a ghost in the vhs tape you watch it and then you die in three days and uh there's this point in the movie where you think the ghost is gone and one of the guys who watched the tape it's his third day and uh he's hanging around his apartment and the video turns on from the from the tape that everyone watches and then right at the end the the little girl that's coming out of the well just pops right out of the TV into his living room. And that's what, what kills him is that she's able to get like, leave the TV into reality. And that's what scared me that like one moment that scared me so much. I had nightmares about it for weeks on end after I saw the ring, like, like I literally was scared of that little girl coming out of the TV. That was creepy stuff, man. Uh, and, and, you know, that when, when I have nightmares about something, that's when I, uh, know that it's scary. And, and so, you know, Veronica, even though I saw it a while ago, I waited to record this podcast, like the, the listener suggested it a while ago and I went and watched it and I, I wanted to wait for a little bit to see if I did have nightmares about the creepy monster and that, because, I felt the nightmares would be a way of saying how frightened I really was. Because I think usually I'm not too frightened when I'm watching something. Like, I, I'll jump at, you know, something that jumps out. But I won't necessarily, like, be too scared while I'm watching a movie. But I can really tell how much it scared me by later on if I have nightmares or I think about it when I'm in, like, you know, a dark house or something. Like, that's how I know how frightened I am, is it really kind of gets into my brain and scares me later on. So, uh, I did that with Veronica, just to make sure, but 
didn't really think about it too much afterwards. So, you know, uh, I guess one again, once again, to each their own. But overall, still a very good movie. So I'd recommend checking it out. All right. So uh, up next, we have some tuners. All right. Some tuners. Chapter 11 John spent the day with his dad. His dad was in a futuristic hospital bed. It wasn't so much a bed, but a cushion of air that suspended him above the ground. Complex machines monitored every vital sign. There were screens everywhere that tracked every detail down to his cholesterol level. They streamed in real time. There were tubes sticking out of every orifice, including his veins. They fed the machines their data, kept him nourished and hydrated, even cleared the waste from his body. His dad was unconscious, or else all the tubes looked like they'd be pretty uncomfortable. John sat in one of the chairs. He pulled out earbuds from his pocket. After a second thought, he put them back. For the first time in John's life, he didn't want to listen to music. Instead, he sat there waiting for something to change. Instead, his dad lay suspended, like a science experiment. John waited in silence. John had no idea how much time had passed. He often knew how much time had passed by the amount of songs he had heard. Without music, it could have been hours or just a few minutes. His dad woke up. John called for the nurse, but no one came. His dad was choking on the breathing tube, so John took matters into his own hands and tore the breathing tube out. It came out surprisingly easy, like it responded to his touch. John's dad choked and coughed. He squeezed his father's hands. John, his dad croaked. I'm here, Dad, John said. Do you study calligraphy? Yes. Chinese history? Yes, Dad. Good. We'll go there. Visit Grandma. He said, and then coughed and shook. John squeezed his dad's hand. A nurse came in and said, You're going to have to give him some rest. John turned to protest and told the nurse his dad just woke up when he noticed that it wasn't a nurse at all, but a cultist. The man was wearing the same bone armor that looked as if it was stitched together from fallen enemies. The scar on his forehead was a crack and filled with pus. He pulled a jagged blade that burst from his hand and looked like it was more for torture than attack. The cultist stomped forward. His boots cracked the floor and echoed through the room. The cultist snarled and raised his blade. John screamed and held his hands to defend himself. Clomp, clomp, clomp. The boots marched forward. John fell back and looked for a weapon. There was nothing he could use. The blade cut through the air. There was a loud swoosh and the blade came down. John braced for impact, but it didn't happen. Instead, the blade landed on his father's body. His dad's eyes bulged in fear and panic. Blood squirted from the wound, showering John in blood. The blade came down again and again, and his father screamed. 
John woke up with a scream and a pant. He looked towards his father's bed. He was still in a coma. There were no cultists. John decided to get some air and took a walk. The complex still felt like an endless maze of tunnels. Even though Abby gave him a miniature tour the other day, John couldn't make heads or tails of any direction. He wasn't really sure where they were located, but it must be an underground bunker because there were no windows, just endless metal hallways. John stumbled across a rec room. There was exercise equipment to couch with a variety of video game consoles, some he recognized and others that didn't exist in his world. There was also a table that looked like an air hockey table but had a demo with a three-dimensional people competing in different types of sports. DeAndre didn't have a shirt and was doing exercises using the equipment. His muscles glistened with sweat. Meat Hook slapped the strings of a bass guitar while wearing a pair of thick headphones. He jammed to a tune that only he could hear. From what little John knew of musical instruments, Meat Hook played a brand that didn't exist, at least not in John's world. It was going to take some getting used to, seeing the mix of stuff from different worlds. DeAndre greeted John and said, the weights are variable. They sense your strength and provide the necessary resistance. How? John said and realized he didn't really want to know. Let's just say one of the perks of this job is there's pretty cool stuff in other universes, but it can't leave the compound. Doesn't stealing stuff from other universes ruin the whole non-interference policy? I don't see a problem with it. The policy is there to protect the people of each universe doesn't say anything about what we get here at Tuner's HQ. Meat Hook spoke up. The non-interference policy only stops us from trading secrets between universes. Let's say you give the plans for nanomachines that will cure cancer from one universe, then suppose some crazy dictator decides to use them attack to everyone who is, like, not genetically his peeps. You know, so it's better to let them discover things on their own, bro. By the time the technology that could be considered dangerous is invented, there are people and laws and stuff to make sure the world doesn't destroy itself, man. Like the tuners? Yeah, the universe that created this organization had a lot of time to think about it, because science proved it was possible to crack the universe barrier long before they could send a person through. So, they created the system to make sure no one could abuse it. So what universe created this? Universe 1, of course. DeAndre said. I is that where we are? In, in some sort of underground bunker in Universe 1? Oh, no, no. If this place was in any universe, the cultists would have just thrown enough people to pop the universe wide open. Where an autonomous unit, floating in the space between universes? So, uh, some sort of cosmic goo? More like the howling abyss, but yeah, Tudor's HQ is nowhere. Bro, Meatwick yelled. Howling Abyss is the most metal band name ever! Can I use it? John gave DeAndre a look. Meat Hook has the tendency to beat to his own drum. You get used to it after a while, DeAndre said. So what can you guys tell me about training, John said, while he had their attention. Meat Hook set down the bass and said, We're going to teach you to go all metal with your abilities, bro. What do you mean abilities? I thought my only power is to detect weak points in the universe. You, my friend, are in for one wild ride tomorrow. Yeah, man, you don't even know. What, John said. Can you at least tell me? 
All right, that was Tuners. Thank you so much for listening. So I have a request for all of you that are listening. I know I told you about my story, Orion. Oh, by the way, it's the last time you'll get a chance to nominate it. So if you haven't nominated yet, you could go to Kindle Scout to look for Orion and or my name or something and then nominate it. Uh, and you'll get it for free, by the way. But uh, I know I read some Orion a while back, and I had some people ask me about it. Hey, man, when are you can read some more Orion? So, you know, uh, it's not necessarily too much of a horror. I know with, uh, you know, Tuners, there is some horror in it, but there's some sci-fi going on as well, whereas, like, Orion is straight up more fantasy and sci-fi than it is, a, it is horror. But, uh, you know, if you like it and you want to hear it, I'm totally happy to read it. Uh... I don't want to stop reading tuners either, though. So what I was thinking is that maybe I'll read a chapter of tuners on an episode, and then on the next one I'll read a chapter of Orion. So I'll be reading both of them around the same time. So uh, so you get tuners, then Orion, then tuners, then Orion. If that sounds like a cool plan, then I'll happy to do it. Uh, if you're like, man, just finish tuners, go tuners, and then you could do Orion next. Or you know what? Didn't really like Orion. Don't want to hear it at all. Don't read that one. That's fine, too. I just kind of want to hear what your thoughts are. So let me know if you'd like to hear Orion. Uh, I'd be happy to read it. If you want to hear Tuners, I'd be happy to read that. If you want me to alternate between both, happy to do that, too. So just uh, give me some feedback here. All right. So with that, I will go ahead and leave you with... Turn the lights on in your hallway if you ever see a creepy demon walking by. And remember that real paranormal activity is on Mondays. I'm on Tuesdays. Terry's Mysterious Moments is on Wednesdays. And, of course, the Sandman's Lullaby coming to a feed, a podcast feed, near you. Thank you for listening. Have a good night.